You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, this is a crossover. I'm your host of Locked On Phillies, Connor Thomas. And with me, I have Javi Reyes, your host of Locked On Padres. We both would like to thank you for making this your first listen every day. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So it's easy to track down all of the work that Javi and I have been doing. And it's much easier now considering we are two of the final four teams in the Major League Baseball playoffs. First off, before we get into the whole argument about who's winning what and whose team's doing what better, sir, congratulations. Uh, We were talking before we came on. Uh, Who would have guessed it would have been us two sitting here doing the NLCS preview crossover? But hey, here we are. Absolutely, uh, mm. absolutely amazing that these two teams are the ones that are here. Yeah, sorry about that. I was just finishing, you know, drinking all the Dodger. <laughs> I've been kind of keeping my fellow myself, uh, you know, replenished. Important to drink water. I love it. You know what I mean? It's important to do that. You got to stay hydrated, and that's what I've been doing the past couple of days, uh, ever since the greatest day in my in yeah. sports life, especially over the last while. So yeah, I got the the fresh bottle. It's not fresh anymore. I, I drank yeah. it, uh, of course, <laughs> yesterday. But we have the uh, the bottle of champagne for the celebration for the NLDS series here. So yeah, we're both fully hydrated, feeling oh, yeah. pretty darn good, man. And as improbable as the Philadelphia Phillies victory over the Atlanta Braves was in the NLDS, you could argue that the more improbable of the two was you guys taking down the Dodgers, who were mm. uh, obviously the best team in the National League pretty much start to finish this year had trouble with them in the regular season. They basically owned you guys in the head-to-head. Like, we at least played the Braves pretty well uh, mm-hmm. all season long. I think the season series was only split by, like, three games or whatever. But you guys were dominated all year, and then all of a sudden playoffs come around, and you look like a different team. What have you guys been doing? What have the Padres been doing that have led to you taking down the Dodgers and being here in the NLCS with the Phillies? Oh, man. Where do I even start? I think it starts with – it's funny because, and not to be that person who's like, see that one thing that I said a while ago is right. But one of the things I talked about, and I also had about your team as well, um, for the Padres, the Dodgers, you just had to hope that they've done this before for the better half of the decade, not even better half, the better 80% of the decade. They've mostly, unfortunately, fallen in the playoffs. And that's not always a big upset especially because baseball playoffs can be weird. It hasn't always been a collapse, which is a word that's been thrown around a lot in baseball circles these days. Um, It's not necessarily that. It's just, look, bottom line is outside of 2020, the Los Angeles Dodgers probably at this rate are primarily going to be remembered as, you know, a little bit more fall of Buffalo Bills back in the early (laughs) 2000s, right? That's primarily how people will perceive them more so. They're not the 98 Yankees. They're not the... Heck, to a degree, they're not even the Houston Astros, although that's a whole other thing, and I'm upset that I even brought that up. Um, you know, San Francisco Giants are going to be remembered for consistently winning. The Dodgers right. are mostly going to be known for you lost to Howie Kendrick. You lost to the Padres, who, if I have the tweet still in front of me somewhere, it's got to be around here somewhere. Um, a tweet from Sarah Langs that basically broke down like how big of an upset this is. The mm-hmm. Padres had 22 less wins than the Dodgers, and that is the largest postseason like upset if we go by the regular season win total since the 1906 White Sox over the Cubs. Jeez. That's right, 100 and 
uh, 18 years. I think 118. I can't do math, but 100. Yeah, it's a long time. 116. Yes. Thank you, Connor. Um, it's a long time, and I think that what happened in this series was momentum. I know there's arguments about whether or not momentum exists. Whatever. I think that the Padres, you saw, they had the dynamite top three in their pitching rotation. Mm. And the bottom of their lineup made plays. Trent Grisham has been this year's Jorge Soler, right? Like, he really has. He's been this absolute freak in the playoffs. He's playing good defense. He's hitting for power and even hitting for for good on-base stuff, which is basically the antithesis of what he'd done during the regular season. Um, And it's been awesome to watch, right? There's always one of those guys that comes out in the playoffs every single year, it seems. And he's been one of those. And just timely hitting and clearly just a great vibe, right? Like you saw the crowd at Petco Park go absolutely nuts. I mean, absolutely nuts. It Like like World War Three had just ended, right? Like yeah. that type of nuts. And it was it was so lovely to see. And it was, it just made me emotional. I was like, this is great because they really did kick the, the Padres butts all year. And they've been kicking their butts since the second half of last year too. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we want to go further, uh, for the better part of the decade, they'd be getting their butts kicked too. So, you know, for them to beat the Dodgers, a team that the fan bases go at it nonstop, they're going at it as we speak. And the Dodgers fans, you know, as usual, trying to come up with some excuses. You know, you saw yeah, the, oh, the playoff playoffs. system, this, that, yeah, the, the playoff system, which famously um, it only started this year that we did this, Connor. I don't know yeah. if you knew that. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's only them that suffers the wrath of this. You know, and, and Jeff Snyder of Locked On Dodgers, the Sny dog. You know, I know he he would always make fun of me when I brought up, hey, you know, part of the reason it was a sweep in 2020 was because they didn't have Clevenger and Lamette, who at the mm. time were their top two. And he's like, yeah, it's just excuses. Well, I want to hear what they say now. Oh, <laughs> it just fuels me, man. It fuels man. me. And I think that what happened is also talked about this on my show. Just fundamentally, it's yeah. great to see a team that went for it. And same thing goes for the Phillies, too. Uh, mm-hmm. that they're rewarded for that the Phillies yeah. made a they didn't necessarily have like a giant trade that occurred they actually had to get to the season right they had like all this this right. roster problem they're, they're stuck in the middle Schwarber, Brand, right. but so they just say the you know what we're just gonna sign guys like mm-hmm. screw it let's just double down they sign Castellanos doesn't work out that great you get Schwarber who's an absolute home run freak and yeah. then you know, you hope for guys like Suarez to get back to it. Noel has good year. I like that they didn't abandon it. They said, well, we might yeah. as well, right? It's not like our farm's that great. So they went for it. And I remember talking to you, or maybe I did. I don't know if the last time we crossed over, I talked about how the Phillies were the team that I thought could really kind of make a run. I also thought the yeah. Mets would. But the Phillies just, just they have the three in the rotation. Mm. And yeah. I think that defense matters. But I wonder if maybe we should start looking at defensive stuff as something that might not matter as much when you get to the postseason because the guys could just have a good stretch. Yeah, right? you ha- you saw in the Cardinals series, they yeah, were what Alec Bohm was, yeah, yeah Alec Bohm, who's been it's a crazy, and he's he's losing his mind. There is some really big like hype around the, the Phillies for sure, mm. and I think that that's what we kind of saw happen. And as I talked about in my pod, what is Atlanta primarily known for? Atlanta sports choking. They tend to choke. Now, the Braves are an exception, and they did win last year. But on top of being Atlanta sports and you won last year, I'm just saying. This is how it's very unanalytical, very, you know, not empirical. But, hey, uh, that's just how it 
crumble this way, man. And I'm, I, I'm, I've been rambling too long. Let me let you uh, celebrate. No, you're, you're good. <laughs> and the great thing about this, right. And I'm so glad we're here. Um, I, I, not just because I enjoy your coverage of the Padres and everything you Thank do, you. but I, I do enjoy the way they play baseball, the way they built that team, what they've done. And I don't mind you, you going long there because the similarities between these two teams are striking. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that you're saying for the Padres could be said about the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, you guys went a little bit more all in when it comes to uh, the moves you made at the deadline uh, and everything there to get Juan Soto, to get Josh Bell, to bring mm-hmm. those guys in to, to make the splash of the trade deadline. But mm-hmm. it's very similar storylines for where these guys are. Uh, big playoff droughts, both ended, yet home playoff games. For you guys, you had one, but no fans in the stands last time. So the mm-hmm. first home playoff game with fans. The Phillies, the first home playoff game in general in over a decade. Uh, you go ahead and you see a division rival who are perennial contenders, and you knock them off in the NLDS. We both mm-hmm. did that. Uh, you have guys that have been there for a while that you built up. You have the big signings between Harper and Machado from a couple years back. They're well, now same beginning free to agent class, yeah. Unbelievable, both within like a couple weeks of each other. And mm-hmm. it's just – it's absolutely incredible that these two teams took rather similar paths to be here and have a lot of similar storylines, have a lot of similar strengths – are both they both have a great top of the rotation they both have a lineup that's really hot right now so everything you're saying about the Padres and how that fan base is feeling and what your team is doing really well to get to where they are now which is the NLCS uh, is echoed with the Phillies the only difference is the names and in some cases the names aren't even different because this is the Nola Bowl we've got a uh, Austin <laughs> yeah. and Aaron going at it so it's really cool the uh, the crossover uh, between these two teams and the storylines and everything there. Now, it's not all perfect. Not not everything is all roses for these two teams. Of course, you, you're looking at things where you're seeing another team coming in. The, the downside of the crossover between those storylines is as good as the Phillies fans feel, you have to know that the Padres have a team that has made their fan base feel the same way because they're just as hot. They're just as talented. They're just as dangerous. They're favored in the series, but it's a close one. Uh, when you look at the Philadelphia Phillies, and you see the team coming up, what off the bat is the biggest thing that concerns you about the matchup with the Phillies? The matchup with the Phillies, the biggest thing that concerns me is, obviously that Bryce Harper guy is pretty good, all right? We, we don't need to talk about Harper. He's Eight for great. 16 in the NLDS. Two homers. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. And they were homer homers. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, they were like, yes. oh, he hit that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um I think what concerns me the most about Philly right now is if their bullpen is really going to be not necessarily lights out. I haven't been following it totally, but I felt like that was one advantage the pods might have over them, you know, and I know that they didn't have David Robertson um, who injured himself in a celebration apparently, which is extremely Philadelphia, by the way, Um, (laughs) it's it's extremely Padres or Philadelphia. One of those two teams. Right. Mm -hmm. And if they're going to be pitching well, like Alvarado and some of these other guys, I forgot if they still have Brad hand on the team. They do. Sir Anthony Dominguez, uh, Zach Eflin now in a bullpen role. I like Sir Anthony Dominguez. I don't know how he's been, but like if those bullpen guys can come and be solid, that's where I'd be concerned because the Padres have had a lot of people discovering their bullpen, right? You have Hayter mm-hmm. who seems to be back only one earned run since September 5th, like just awesome stuff there. Luis Garcia is solid. Robert Suarez throws gas. He's a 31 year old rookie. How could you mm-hmm. not root for him? And you've got the rest of um, you know, Nick Martinez can come in and give you decent innings as well. But if the, if the Phillies bullpen is going to play up to snuff, that concerns me because 
my initial thing is Wheeler's great. Aaron Nola is a strikeout machine, certainly. And Ranger Suarez isn't too bad himself. And then you've got Syndergaard in there and whatnot. My thing is, can you get to the bullpen? Because maybe, and maybe this is just like past year. And it's mm. kind of like, it's, it's just associated with the past years. The Phillies have had atrocious bullpens at least like four out of the last five years that I could remember, you know, like genuinely yeah. atrocious. Um, how have they been doing so far this year though? No, the, the bullpen's, playoffs? the bullpen's been outstanding in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Sir Anthony Dominguez is incredible. Jose Alvarado is incredible. So Sir Anthony Dominguez is giving you a hundred plus and some nasty off-speed stuff from the right side. Jose Alvarado is giving you a hundred plus with like a 94 mile an hour cutter. That's unhittable from the left side. So you got two guys just throwing absolute gas. Brad Hand's been good in his uh, short couple of uh, relief appearances since coming off the injured list because his first appearance against Atlanta was his first time in a game for about three weeks. So he's still settling back in. Zach Eflin's still getting used to what's going on being in the bullpen as a converted starter back to the bullpen. Mm -hmm. But they've been outstanding uh, so far this postseason. So that's really been a huge part of it. You've got the great starting pitching. And then the bullpens held up their end of the bargain and they protected leads. But if you want to protect more than a lead, Javi, you got to check out our friends over at Simply Safe because mm-hmm. the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. It's like the Phillies bullpen. I mean, it's just you give everything over to them, they've taken care of business. You don't earn the trust of that many people like the Padres bullpen has or the Phillies bullpen has or Simply Safe has without doing something right. Because your safety is the only thing that matters. It's Simply Safe. Uh, let me tell you. So this is uh, I love Simply Safe because my mom lives over in Jersey by herself. I live in Philly now. I moved out of the house. My younger brothers moved out. Someone broke into that house like three, four years ago. And the first thing we did, uh, luckily she wasn't home. They took some jewelry, but the first thing we did was call Simply Safe, change over the security system. Way more comfortable with her living alone now. She's way more comfortable and feels safe uh, in the house. So uh, I'm a user. I trust them with my mom's safety. That's about as big of an endorsement as you can give. They're incredible. You can personalize what they've got to what your personal safety needs are. And uh, especially with listening to what we're doing here with the crossover and any Locked on MLB uh, podcast, well, you go to simplysafe.com slash Locked on MLB and you'll save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and you'll get your first month free. That's simplysafe.com slash Locked on MLB to learn more. There's no safe like simply safe. Now, when we look at, (laughs) I know we just talked about keeping leads safe, but we're also talking about two lineups that have been really, really good offensively and can Mm -hmm. get even hotter at any time. I mean, what the Phillies have had with Reese Hoskins coming out of his slump, Bryce Harper, we talked about uh, just eight for 16, batting 500 through the NLDS with uh, two home runs. Uh, When you're looking at Guys at the bottom of the order for the Phillies, uh, Gene Segura, Bryson Stott, Brandon Marsh. Like it, it takes a lot of concerted effort to get through this lineup without having trouble, and they're seeing the ball real well. And it's the same thing for the Padres, and that's how you get to this point, right? You've got to have your main guys carry the load, and you also have to have some of the guys near the bottom of the lineup get hot. Who are some of the big surprises offensively for you guys so far this postseason? Oh, man. Uh, I part of me wants to say everybody just because they haven't been, you know, the, the bottom of the Padres lineup, right? That's been a big thing that people have talked about. Already talked about Grisham, and it, and just in case Philly fans might not be familiar, like this is a guy who wasn't just, you know, a poor offensive player. This isn't say, even Nick Cassianos didn't have a great season, right? 
No, right. no, 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 no. Grisham offensively was one of the worst out there. Up there with with Cody Bellinger for like the worst, you know, weighted on base. He batted under 200 this year. And he has a lot of called strikes where he just doesn't even swing the bat. So he's been bad this year. And all of a sudden he's, you know, like Byron Buxton, right? Like he's been, he's been phenomenal. So he's there as well. And then for the rest of the team, people would say Hassan Kim. I'm not that surprised by Hassan Kim. And maybe this is just a vibe thing, his infectious smile and the fact that he's a great defender for sure. But Kim is the type of player that I just felt like would rise to the moment. He did well in the KBO league. I just feel like he's someone who could produce in these type Mm -hmm. of games. Right. And there's definitely a feeling of he's the guy that's replacing Tatis. He's got a huge, obviously, obviously replacing a player like that. A lot of expectations and you're hoping, can he live up to the role? Well, he has, and he's been tremendous in that role. And then I think Jake Cronenworth started off a little bit slow. He went 0 for 13 in the Mets series with six strikeouts. And then he had the big hit uh, in game uh, one of the playoffs and game two. And then, of course, uh, the clinching game in which he had the two RBI single and he lost his mind. The rest of the Padres fans every, everywhere. So I think those are the guys probably to keep an eye on in terms of the bottom of the order, um, both Hassan Kim and um, what's his face? Uh, Jake Cronenworth, uh, I yeah. just said. And then also Trent Grisham, obviously, those being the big ones. I know Kim isn't necessarily going to – his stats jump off the page, but – he comes up there when you need the big hit and he could play there. So I would watch out for him and nothing's going to get by him defensively. And otherwise that's, that's basically the, the full force of it. And then Manny Machado and Watto are playing pretty well. Uh, yeah. Those guys great. are pretty good. Yeah. Which is great. <laughs> considering one of them you traded, you know, it's like the, the Jordan meme, right. For F them kids, except AJ Preller yeah. just said F them prospects. Like he just said, I don't care. We're trading them all. And he's been great. He had the big RBI in that game as well. Um, from what I'm familiar with is Will Meyer has been bad. I think he's been bad uh, in the playoffs, but I don't care because he's there for vibes and that's what really matters with Will Myers. You know what I mean? That's he's awesome. great. Um, yeah. And then Josh Bell kind of same thing. He's there for vibes. And the fact that mm. he's not Eric Hosmer, that's the big plus for him. I, I was going to, lineup, but. <laughs> I was going to avoid mentioning him. Cause I know you have probably so happy. You don't have to deal with talking about him anymore. And uh, yeah, I know how you feel about Hosmer. Now uh, we talked about the concerns uh, with the, uh, the Phillies that you had, for me, the biggest concern with the Padres, I know the line is incredibly talented. Know what Juan Soto is, know what Manny Machado is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Phillies have actually, as well as you can handle Juan Soto, have handled him pretty well in his career, and part of that's because the Washington Nationals were pretty bad around him. And they haven't really gotten hurt by Machado in the few times they've seen him mm-hmm. uh, in his career. So my biggest concern is really that starting pitching. You've got a rotation that matches up with the Phillies really well, and when I look at what the Philly strength is, well, someone's going to have to beat Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, both of them, not just one of them. You're going to have to beat both of them in order to pull off a series. But the same can be said about what you're looking at for the top three guys in the Padres rotation. How strong is that rotation going right now? And how much worry is warranted for Phillies fans when they see the guys that they're going to have to, to face this series? Oh, man. And first of all, Forgot to mention Jerkson Profar, 280, 400 on base. I got to mention Profar, one of my favorite <laughs> players on the Padres. And Austin Nola, who has been on fire. And I, I honestly yeah. forgot. This is why you have to prepare a little bit more before podcast. But in the postseason, 381, 440, 476 slash line. Because uh, that's pretty good. Why not? Terrible offensive catcher all year, wakes mm-hmm. up in the postseason. He, I hope his I brother goes up and in on him. 
I yeah, hope, right? uh, I hope Eric <laughs> yeah, pauses yeah. the tower. That first at bat is going to be really fun, right? Like that's going to be a really, especially for baseball nerds everywhere. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the Padres rotation, it's, it's interesting because Blake Snell is one of those guys where the stats jump off the page. He did well against the Dodgers in his second start. Didn't have a great start against the Mets. He tends to walk a lot of batters. Um, I don't know what the, the Phillies, how they perform against lefties, but that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, I think the big thing with him is I feel pretty good about him against this Phillies lineup because unlike the Mets, Mets lineup is a very on base, put together good at bat. It's not necessarily too many home runs. Mm. Blake Snell does walk a lot of batters, but Philadelphia, I could see him maybe with not maybe necessarily, you know, your Seguras or your Real Mutos, but, you know, Hoskins. That's going to be a big one because we've talked about a lot. He was great in the playoffs. I adore, and I mean adore, Connor, the the bat spike. Dude, it was amazing. That's going to be one of my favorite videos ever. It's like, how has that never been done before? You know what I mean? Like, I'm actually surprised that I've never seen that before. That's why it was so sick. But Hoskins, very streaky player. And Blake Mm -hmm. Snell, big strikeout guy. So it's possible that he has that, like, three strikeout game with Hoskins. Harper, He's tremendous, whatever, all right? I'm, I'm not going to talk about him. But Castellanos, yeah. Schwarber, those are the type of players that I could see become a little bit more susceptible to a pitcher like Blake Snell, who in the second half of the season um, was either second or third in strikeout rate among all starting pitchers. Um, and if you don't count Jacob deGrom, I think he was second because deGrom <laughs> is inhuman. But that's what I say to watch out for. Darvish he's going to be the interesting one as well because he tends to give up a lot of runs. This has been discussed a lot in the first few innings and Philadelphia strikes me as a team that would love to jump on him quickly. And if they can get him early, then you're game. And then you're like, Oh my God, the Philly onslaught is coming. It's eight one already somehow. Right. But if not, then Darvish is going to be a tough one. And then Musgrove is just captain consistency. He's not one. I would expect Philadelphia to be able to do too well off of him, but not necessarily too bad. I just don't think that it's going to be a, a picture that they light up. I would definitely. Is, be is he going to be doing the ear stuff again, or is he yeah. going to be all right this time? <laughs> uh, wasn't that a, that was a riot? That was a riot. Like it was. It's it's like the, the Dodgers fans making excuses, but like mm. the Mets fans did it. I I, yeah. I get it. I get it's classic it because, Mets stuff. Yeah, it's classic Mets stuff, right? Like it's just. Yeah. I hate oh, that fan base. So, I hate um, that fan base so yeah. much. <laughs> it was so ridiculous that people. But did no, that. he he's just straight up nasty. I mean. Those guys you mentioned are, and this is—it's just going to be such a great series. And that potential, man, it really does. Crazy fan bases too, dude. The environment at Citizens Bank Park. Mm-hmm. I saw it was like out of Petco. These are going to be tough places to steal a road mm-hmm. game. Someone's going to have to. It's going to be a classic. And something. Uh, one of the things I have a couple more as we wrap up. One of the things that I find interesting and the differences between how these teams got here. So the Phillies, when you look at how they beat the Braves, the last two games at Citizens Bank Park, oh, blowouts, 9-1, 8-3, just like taking advantage of the Braves early, and they never really felt all that close of games. Meanwhile, I'll read you off the scores I know your listeners know, but for the Phillies fans who aren't aware, a 5-3 loss to the Dodgers, a 5-3 win against the Dodgers, a 2-1 win against the Dodgers, and then 5-3 again in the final game so 5-3 was the magic number, but all of those close, close games. Margins mm-hmm. of two runs or less in every single one. Do you think it's a benefit to the Padres that they played these closer games more consistently and the Phillies haven't really? Or do you think it doesn't matter once the series shifts? This is this, And this is why sports, we will never know, no matter how many stats we have, 
we'll never be able to measure stuff like this, right? Like, right. yeah, it could it could be something that's unforeseen. They're just more prepared. And it was against the Dodgers, who they loathe. You saw how much they celebrated, right? The right. fans were going nuts. For them, if they're only up by one against Philadelphia and Philadelphia, that might be, right, like, that might be their, like, oh, we got this. Josh is going to come in. Hater's going to be great. It could mm-hmm. be. It could be. These are the things that we can't track or we can't measure. Of course, I'll say yes, because why not? Yes, it matters. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Uh, and I think that that's that good experience. But it's also true, man. The Padres are very much, they're not a blow you up in one inning team. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Philly's done that so far. They did that during the regular season, certainly, too. Not the Padres. The Padres are scraping together runs. They can have, you know, a three-run inning, but that might be all they get. And then they rely on pitching and good defense and just situational hitting, I think, mm-hmm. is what. And especially you saw that, obviously, in the clinching game against right. the Dodgers that I will try to bring up as much as possible for the rest of the <laughs> postseason. And just the, 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 the Cronenworth one, the Kim one, the Austin Nola infield single. Oh, my God. It was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Oh, so dude, I'd say amazing. That's the thing to look out for. It might be some more classic, you know, low scoring baseball, at least unless, you know, a Snell doesn't have his best stuff or Darvish, especially early on. Uh, definitely. It might be just 5-3. Yeah, apparently 5-3 is the favorite score, right? They love yeah. winning these two run games. And thankfully, if Hader is back, that's something that Philly fans would have to watch out for. Because if he really is back, and it seems like he is, a lot of strikeouts, 20 in his last 14 and two-thirds innings, I believe. So he's been doing that, not giving up too many hits. Control is a lot better. If he's back, then yes, that does not matter then. If the Padres yeah. are only up by two, that could really be it. And I know the Philly fans and the team is like, two runs, we're good. Against this Padres bullpen, might not be the case. Uh, that's yeah. how the Padres could potentially win the series. Now, the, the bullpen's really good, I will tell you, because I'm not sure if you saw this what happened earlier this year with Josh Hader and the Phillies. When he was in Milwaukee, there was a game where they came in, down one when he was in the middle of like that 40 straight innings scoreless streak or whatever he had going. It was absolutely incredible. And some guys at the bottom of the order, you had, um, it was Matt Veerling went yard off of him to go ahead and uh, set up Alec Bohm to also go yard oh, off man. of him in the same inning, which is just incredible to come back down. I think both with two outs as well. And there may be that little element we talked about, like the uh, the Padres feeling like they're better in tight games because they've done it uh, against the Dodgers so many times now, multiple times in that past series. Well, Hayter might not have the same type of uh, same type of power over the Phillies mentally as he has over other guys. When you see him come in like, oh, this game's over. Well, they've done it before against them, even though it was with a different team. But hey, same kind of color scheme. Who knows? Maybe if you squint a little bit, you might be like, oh, is he still on the Brewers? I see some yellow in there. So maybe they'll be able to convince themselves they can hit him. But yeah, I'm not looking forward to tight games down the stretch with that bullpen. Yeah, uh, it's there's a potential that you you got to chill in the in the Brave series. Believe it or not, you actually got to hang out. You were like, yeah. oh, my God, this just the party. This might be that series where it's like, oh, my God. And a final game could be 7-2 but it'll happen in one inning. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it'll be like the whole game was close and then they broke through. Right. It's, Oh my gosh. And that's it's, playoff it's baseball, lot. right? It's, it's playoff baseball, man. I mean, you, you, you get moments that you wouldn't expect Alec Bohm making great defensive plays and slamming his hand on the yeah. floor over at third base. Cause of how hyped he was stuff like that. And then, mm. you know, Segura with his little winky doink uh, hit that gets past yes. the Cardinals. Right. And then the Cardinals defense implodes Nolan mm. Fraudinato, as I like to call him. Um, <laughs> 
I'm just kidding. Arenado's great. Yeah. I just like, he, I like playing the mob of Padres fans every now and then. They hate yeah. him for some reason. Oh, uh, oh, interesting. <laughs> they hate him. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, man, he's better. It's like, they're both great. I don't know what we're doing here. Um, uh, you had him in division for a little bit when he was in Colorado. That's, so you also, true. That. that's also true. It's funny. Hey, well, we don't have to worry about him now. Um, yes. He is home. So yeah, man. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> home besides Everyone's the Philadelphia home, Phillies, the San Diego Padres, and whoever ends up in the ALCS to meet the Houston Astros. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. One more thing we're going to do before we're out of here because we've gone nearly a half hour. I want to make sure we keep this to, to enough time that people can get it in before game one tomorrow. I'll ask you, what's your prediction for the series? Give me the games. Give me the winner. Who do you have? Nah, man. <laughs> no. No, you're can not going no? to. You can say no. I'll tell you what I have, though. I'll go first if it makes you feel better. Uh, I don't think if it goes seven, the Phillies are going to go on the road to the West Coast and beat San Diego in their house. I do think the Phillies win this series, and I think they win it in six. I think it's going to be hard fought the whole way. And, and the reason I have it in six is because, well, it's going to give the opportunity for Aaron Nolan and Zach Wheeler to throw two times. And yeah. that's just – that's a scary uh, proposition for any team in baseball right now. Astros, Yankees, Guardians, Padres, it's not a great matchup. And you could say the same the other way, but I'm taking Phillies in six. If you don't want to give a prediction, that's fine. But let's just do this. If the Padres win and go to the World Series, Mm -hmm. it will be because they did what in this series? I think it'll be that their bottom players that we aren't expecting continue to produce offensively because we know what we can get from Manny. We know what we can get from Soto. And to a degree, even know what you can get from guys like Cronworth and Profar. But Grisham, if he can step up, if Kim, if you get Brandon Drury and Josh Bell to do some stuff potentially, depending on how many games Drury plays, that would be it. And also, the, uh, you mentioned the fact that they might get two starts out of their best guys. That could be an issue with the Padres when it comes to the fact that you Darvish is getting up there in age. Is he going to be well rested? He'll try to pitch, certainly, if they need him. But will he be rested is the question. And then on top of that, Mike Clevenger has not been very good. Sean Maniah has been, not been very good. If the Padres need those guys to pitch in big games – that could be where the issues um, kind of arise. It's going to be very interesting to see how Bob Melvin manages the team. Maybe he does a piggyback thing. Maybe it's Mania for two innings, Clevenger for two, and that's their quote-unquote fourth starter, right? It could be what they do because those guys have been horrid uh, in, in a lot of ways. And Clevenger is just whew, not very good at all. So that would be the key is if they can figure that out and if the bottom people lineup can kind of come through. Yeah, listen, I feel it, but let's end on a good note. Both teams playing incredibly well right now. Yeah, Magical seasons for both sides, regardless of how this one ends. And it's going to be a really, really fun, exciting, entertaining series in a whole bunch of different ways. These are two teams that fully deserve to be here, and it's going to be fun to talk about it along the way. So, man, I appreciate you taking the time to, to check in. Uh, best of luck to you. I hope the Phillies come out on top, but uh, again, we've crossed over a couple times this year. Uh, I'm a fan of the Padres and how they did it. I know you respect the Phillies organization and how they've done it as well. So it, it'll be a fun series. I, w- I want to thank everybody real quick as well for making Locked On Phillies and Locked On Padres your first listen every day, both free and available wherever you get your podcast. Make your second listen Locked On MLB with our good pal Paul Francis Sullivan. Sully does great work covering baseball in general, so it'll give you the big storylines. From the playoffs in total, we'll talk about the American League and everything there, too, if you want to catch up on that. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. And, Javi, why don't you tell everyone where they can find your work over at Locked On Padres as the playoffs continue. Of course, man. At Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. 
to continue to see me post memes and dreams and all that stuff. And then at LO underscore Padres, if you want to see me just sporadically over the last few days, I just keep tweeting things about the series, just in all caps. And like, even though it's done, just all that stuff, maybe, you know, keep drinking the the tears of the Dodgers fans, whatever. Um, You could go check that out. And then obviously the YouTube Locked on Padres. Um, Good vibes, man. And yeah, for sure. I forgot to wear this for the pod, but yeah. Uh, oh, there you go. Padres. Yeah, I forgot to wear it. Going. It's literally right here. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, we got it on for the last couple seconds. And of course, you know where to find my stuff at Locked On Phillies at Connor Thomas975 and at LO underscore Phillies. It's going to be a great series, man. Uh, look forward to watching it. And uh, again, not winning luck, but best of luck to the Padres and what should be an exciting series. Absolutely, and we will talk man. to you all Absolutely. next time on the next edition of Locked On Padres and Locked On Phillies. Let's go, Padre. Let's show them how we.